everybody. Welcome back to Firewalls Don't Stop Dragons. I'm your host, Kerry Parker, and we have another interview show for you today, and it's kind of a, a new thing and something I've never done before. We've got, uh, I interviewed two people at one time, uh, something I'd never done before, and uh, they are both from a company called Cyber Scout, and we've talked to the uh, the founder before. His name's Adam Levin. Uh, he was on maybe, uh, maybe a year ago or so, um, and because we were talking some privacy issues, he also brought out his chief privacy officer, Edward Goodman. So that was a lot of fun. We talked about a lot of things, and uh, these guys like to riff off each other. So we covered a lot of ground. Before we get to that, I got a couple quick news items. I was selected uh, to be part of uh, an ebook bundle from A Press. So there's a really cool company or organization called Humble Bundle. And I'm a bit of an addict. I buy stuff from these guys all the time. The way it usually works, I usually get books, and they're usually in there all ebooks. They're all just PDFs, or you can get usually Kindle versions or whatever you want. Um, they've got different versions or all versions if you want to get them. It's really cool. And what they generally do is they offer these tiers, of collections of books from usually from a single publisher, around usually around a given topic. And this one, of course, is cybersecurity uh, and privacy. And A-Press worked together with Humble Bundle to put together a bundle of books, which includes my book. Uh, I was super, super thrilled. And what that means is you can get my book along with others uh, for as little as a dollar, the ebook version. And so, again, the way these work is it's, it's a, usually a three-tiered thing. So it's like a $1 tier, there's an, uh, an $8 tier, and a $15 tier. Uh, and the more money you pay, the more books you get. And I think it's usually like, you know, four, five, six books per tier. And I was just super thrilled because, I, like I said, I've, I've bought so many of these Humble Bundles. Uh, it's such an amazing steal if they, you can find, you know, the kind of books you're looking for. Um, and the great thing is, is because it's so cheap, you tend to find other books uh, as well that are kind of in the same category that you may not have, you know, you, normally you may not have plopped down the money to get. Um, but, you know, when you get them in a bundle this cheap, it's, you know, it's a great look at something that you might not have otherwise got. If you were to buy everything separately at full price, it would be $717 worth of stuff. So for 15 bucks, you can get, uh, that's quite a, that's quite a value. So anyway, check it out. Uh, if you go to humblebundle.com, humbles and not bragging, H-U-M-B-L-E, bundle, B-U-N-D-L-E.com. And if you search on A-Press, I'm, uh, that'll probably take you right to it. I'll also put the link on the show notes. Uh, if for some reason you want to write it down, it's humblebundle.com slash books slash protect your stuff, a press books. And, uh, every one of those words is all lowercase separated by a dash protect your stuff, a press books and a press is spelled a press, a P R E S S. So super, super thrilled about that. Spread the word. It's a great way to pick up a copy of my book for super dirt cheap and a whole bunch of other great stuff too. Oh, and I left out perhaps the, perhaps the best thing about the whole thing is they give uh, quite a bit of the proceeds to charity. So everybody wins. Uh, also, quick, a couple quick security news bites. Uh, there's going to be a lot to cover uh, after this two-part interview, so there's a lot to catch up on. But uh, there's been some Windows updates lately, Windows 10 updates that have just been horrendous. Microsoft keeps putting out these really buggy releases. Um, you know, not to say that Apple hasn't done a few of those too, but man, it's been bad lately. And you know, printing has been broken for a lot of people. There's been two issues with printing actually. Uh, one of them that's kind of a quick fix. If you um, if you've got a USB printer attached to your Windows machine, and if for some reason uh, you shut down your Windows machine and bring it back up without having the printer being turned on first, when you bring the printer back on, it won't recognize it. So uh, just a quick fix there. If for some reason that is your problem, just make sure that if you if you turn your Windows machine off uh, and you plug your printer into it, make sure you bring the printer fully back up before you turn your Windows machine back on. And otherwise, just be looking for more updates because Windows is going to have to patch these these bugs here soon. All right, so we'll cover more of that in detail uh, in a couple weeks. 
but I want to make sure I get that out now so you don't have to wait. Before we get into the interview, uh, we did throw around a couple terms, and as usual, I'd like to do a little upfront glossary work for you, just real quick to make sure they're all on the same page. So uh, one term thrown around is air-gapped, something that is gapped by air. Uh, what that means basically is that you've got a computer that's not connected to the internet, either via ethernet cable or even via Wi-Fi. So it's the, the idea being to try to keep that thing secure by keeping it off the net. And as we'll see, there's still some ways around that, but um, uh, that's a common security technique for a super, uh, for a computer that's really don't want to get hacked. Just don't put it on the internet. Another term is SIM swapping. That's a subscriber identity module. That's that little tiny chip that is in your phone that is given to you by your cell carrier that basically determines your, your phone number and that kind of stuff. It kind of associates your account with that device. And uh, there's a term called SIM swapping or sometimes called phone cloning. Where this usually comes up in terms of uh, security is two-factor authentication. And when you set yourself up to get text messages, regular old text messages with uh, one-time PIN codes, uh, if a hacker manages to clone your phone, which is to swap in a SIM that's just like yours, and the way they often do that is they somehow convince the cell carrier that they are you and that you lost your phone, you need a new SIM. Uh, once they have a SIM that's just that represents your account, then they get the same message as you do. So therefore, they when those PIN codes go out, they, their phone gets those PIN codes as well. That's That's SIM swapping. We talked briefly about a URL or an URL that's a universal resource locator. It's a web address. So HTTP colon slash slash or HTTPS colon slash slash. Those are, those are URLs or URLs. Uh, and one more, BYOD, bring your own device. This is the kind of situation where you go into the office, go into the work, uh, and they, instead of issuing you a company laptop or maybe issuing you a company cell phone, which is probably more common these days, you can use your own cell phone. You just have to, you know, install your company's apps. But of course that means that you could be putting other bad stuff on your phone or your phone could be infected, uh, yada, yada, yada. So that's a security risk when you're letting your, uh, your employees bring their own devices, uh, to put on the work network. But Unfortunately, that's kind of the way things are today. So anyway, I wanted to go over those terms here real quick before we got into this uh, really fascinating interview. Uh, but let's not waste any more time. Uh, let's get on to our interview with uh, two wonderful gentlemen from CyberScout. Edward Goodman is Chief Legal Counsel and Global Privacy Officer for CyberScout global leader in identity theft resolution, data defense, and employee benefit services, an internationally trained attorney and a data protection expert. Uh, Goodman's had more than 20 years of experience in global privacy law and cybersecurity. Welcome to the show, Edward. Thanks for having me. And Adam Levin, our returning champion, is a, a consumer advocate with more than 30 years experience in security, privacy, personal finance, and many other things. He's the former director of the New Jersey Division of Consumer Affairs and current chairman and founder of CyberScout. Uh, you may have seen Adam on one of his several TV appearances or perhaps the author of the book, Swiped, How to Protect Yourself in a World Full of Scammers, Fishers, and Identity Thieves. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Gary, thanks so much for having me back. Uh, this is the this is the first I've never interviewed two people at once, so that I'm really looking forward to this. I've been very psyched about this all week. So, um, and the topic, of course, is COVID nineteen or related, and because it seems to be dominating the news all the time anyway, so it's been dominating the podcast. Um, but you guys uh, working for CyberScout, I'm sure, have some really unique uh, insights. So I'm looking forward to getting your uh, your perspective on some of these questions of security and privacy. So let's let's start with the basics. Actually, before we get going, why don't you explain a little bit about CyberScout and what you guys do? Should Eddie do that or I do that? Uh, I, I can <laughs> jump in. Uh, again, I'm Ed Goodman. Uh, so uh, CyberScout, uh, primarily we started uh, out uh, doing identity theft and fraud remediation through businesses for consumers. Uh, and very quickly we got involved in 
doing data breach remediation. And since then, we've really expanded into solutions uh, mostly available through insurance companies, financial services, employee benefits. So sort of B2B, but with the primary benefit being to consumers uh, around uh, everything from fraud, fraud prevention, data breach response, forensics, uh, cyber, you know, liability and insurance issues, all that fun stuff. Gotcha. And I'm sure you guys have been plenty busy recently because yeah, uh, <laughs> with all the COVID-19 stuff going on, there's been, a, I, I've read almost daily about some sort of a new coronavirus related scam, uh, you know, everything from fake health information to all the way to extortion. I, my, um, I actually got one email. I think my mom got this email um, saying that, you know, not only do I know you, you're all your passwords, I've hacked your computer and, oh, and if you don't pay my, uh, my ransom, I'm going to infect your entire family with coronavirus. Yeah, really scary stuff. But I'm sure you guys have seen everything under the sun. So maybe walk us through, like, what what kind of scams are you seeing right now? What kind of COVID nineteen related scams are are popping up? Well, there are. It's I've never really seen anything like this. I mean, it's sort of like the same trap but different bait. Mm-hmm. And there is a plethora of, da- of bait going on right now. I mean, it's El Dorado for hackers. <sighs> this is pure, pure gold, and it's hell for victims. Mm. And you know, especially when you think about crime, you and, and Eddie being a f- uh, former defense attorney, it's all about motive, means, and opportunity, mm. right? So, so here the motive is making money mm. or uh, uh, putting out disinformation, which will rile people up, or especially as we've moved now into a period of unrest in the country, also things that will cause unrest by bringing people to a certain place where nobody knew they were really supposed to be. They show up and they weren't expecting each other. So it's it's all about that. So the motive is money or or chaos. The means is the fact that phishing campaigns have become sort of really bigger than ever before. Hmm. And when you think about phishing campaigns, I, I call it the pantheon of phishings because there's phishing, which mm-hmm. is the general email phishing attack. There's spear phishing where you get either a call or an email or a text that's specifically directed at you. There's vishing, which is voice over internet protocol phishing, which is phone-based phishing, and that's a call from somebody you think is the bank, the government, the health authorities, uh, or somebody that you should be talking to about whatever's going on. And then there's smishing, SMS text-based phishing, where you get a text that almost requires an immediate response to something, you're in a panic, you click on a link that could either put malware on your device or turn it into a transmitter so that every time you log on to something, that information is being transmitted or it puts ransomware on your device. Mm. So those are the issues, they're horrible. And then opportunity. And the opportunity here, more than ever before, is this is the first time we've ever had an international health crisis that impacted pretty much everybody everywhere combined with total economic disaster combined now with unrest in the country because Mm. of horrible things that occurred. And you combine all of that. And for a hacker, this is, this is gold. This is gold because if you think about it right now, people are working remotely. Mm -hmm. They're trying Mm. to find work because they've been unemployed. They're homeschooling their children. They're pack. They're 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 tracking stimulus payments or PPP payments. Uh, they're waiting for their checks. Many people have gotten them. Now they're waiting for their debit cards. Many people have gotten those. And 
So we all have day jobs. This is what we're all doing. But for a hacker, we are their day job. Right. So you said it was basically kind of the same old traps with new bait. But have there been any, have there been anything novel? And it's a novel coronavirus. Have there been any novel scams around this, or maybe even around some of the uh, the civil unrest things that have been going on? Obviously, the 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 checks that you mentioned. I know that's been a, a new avenue. But I mean, again, maybe it's the same old trap with different bait. But has there been anything really new? I was going to jump in. I was just going to say, I think what we've been seeing is uh, a huge increase is in unemployment related fraud. Hmm. So folks going to file for benefits because they've been laid off and lo and behold, informed someone's already filed. I'm sorry, you're already right. getting your benefits. You've already signed up, which is quite easy to do in the sea of data that's available out there with SSNs and names and uh, and with, a, uh, you know, the, the record unemployment that we've hit. And not exactly difficult to do from that. So I think that's the the new, just to, to tack on to what Adam's already said, I think that's one of the new things that we're seeing, you know, probably 10 to close to 100 fold, uh, you know, over what we've seen in years past. And um, and I foresee we'll probably see, uh, you know, a carry on effect for taxes as well, since uh, mm-hmm. tax season's been extended. And, you know, really to key on to what Adam said, too, is that it's all about chaos. Chaos is opportunity here. And um, I, I think, you know, wherever you are, you know, it, it's a bit chaotic, you know, and, and it's a perfect opportunity to, uh, you know, again, uh, hit folks when they're distracted, uh, you know, uh, dealing with their day job or finding work or dealing with and caring for their, you know, uh, family members, all sorts of stuff going on. And, and this is just a blip until it, it, it's really an explosion. But, uh, you know, Carrie, real quick, I mean, the, the simple categories, really, which are terrifying but simple is when do i get my money what is the latest update in terms of the progress of the disease when is the governor going to reopen my state which a lot of governors have started reopening where can i get a test where can i get my protective gear where can i get the best deal on getting protective gear where can i get protective gear when most of the protective gear was being withheld for the purpose of getting it to the medical providers who desperately needed it I need a job. I, I'm looking for a job. I need to make money because I'm right now on furlough, so I don't think I've lost my job. Uh, where do I get unemployment relief? Okay, so now I'm waiting for the next notice from my company to tell me when I get on the next Zoom meeting. Or uh, my child's school is sending new links every day, right. and I have to make sure it's the right link. Or, hey, now I, I don't pay taxes to July 15th, but... Do I have to pay all the taxes as in 2019 and Q1, Q2, 2020? How do I do that? Or are they going to delay the second quarter payment on 2020? Uh, wow, Netflix is offering free streaming. <laughs> and boy, I'm, I'm losing my mind, so I need Netflix. Uh, Chase is giving me a $500 credit. And then there are so many people also right now that are so depressed and so lonely. Yeah. And when we were in lockdown, they were so alone that someone approaching them who was catfishing, people would fall for that. Even to the point of some of these folks who are running the scams were recruiting mules by getting people uh, entwined in romantic situations where there really wasn't romance on one end of the phone and then talking them into doing things where they're effectively becoming mules for the people who are stealing the unemployment compensation and looking to launder the money. Wow. Wow, that is crazy. Well, you know, as I say, never let a good crisis go to waste. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's sad, sad but true. 
So how about, is there, do you see a difference in the way these scams kind of unfold or the, or the way they're carried out, uh, like with consumers versus maybe uh, employees at a business or um, a company attacks in general? Well, I, 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 you know, Eddie can weigh in on this, but I think, remember that the way into most businesses is through an employee, which is basically mm-hmm. a consumer. Mm-hmm. So if you can get into the employee's devices, if you can steal their credentials, and credential stuffing is one of the biggest ways that uh, companies get breached, you want to do that. So all of these uh, scams that we just talked about, all of these scams are opening up all of us to the possibility that we're going to click on the wrong link, we're going to fall for the wrong information, we're going to give too much away in a phone call, we're going to click on a text and we're going to be put in a position where we are going to be the conduit right. into places we work. And you mentioned this, but you, uh, there are a lot of us that are working from home now and you know, doing home uh, schooling as well, uh, remote learning, you know, because we have to. So you talked a little bit about you know, some of the emotional uh, aspects uh, that are, they're using for bait. But what about like from a logistical or from a technical standpoint? What what are some of the new uh, you know, security challenges working from home or trying to do remote learning? Well, the biggest issue in terms of remote working from home is so many more people are now using personal devices mm-hmm. in order to connect to work. Plus, with all of the children connecting uh, for their schoolwork, this, of course, if you can compromise a child, you not only compromise the family, mm-hmm. but you can also possibly compromise the school by getting in and getting your hands on a lot of the data involving involving students. Uh, So, you know, this is the big thing, is sharing of devices uh, in a home or or sharing of a network in a home. You know, all you need to do is have somebody crawl into your network, and if you haven't properly uh, secured your router, and if you have all of these internet devices, most of which have manufactured default passwords, Nobody changes them. Mm-hmm. They are they're vulnerable. You know, these are all points of attack. And, you know, one of the things that, that Eddie and I suggest to businesses is that one of the things you should think about is actually supplying those people who work for you with devices that have the security protocols mm-hmm. on them. Uh, give them VPNs. Uh, make them more secure at home, but the way you want them to be secure as opposed to relying on them to try to be secure as they're clicking into your network using devices that may not have all the security protocols on them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to add, to add Adam, I think he makes a really good point that probably one of the most um, left alone technical devices in any household is assuming it's working their wi-fi router right mm-hmm. and and people are always shocked when i'm like listen when's the last time you replaced your wi-fi router your network router right mm-hmm. your your you know internet router and uh well, I, don't, I don't know like five i don't know five years ago six years ago like and i'm right. like do you really this is a you know i, I hate to say it but technology changes the standards change the firmware updates all of it, which isn't happening anyways you know, I, that's a device that needs to be swapped out. Like p- people swap their phones out every two to three years, their systems maybe every four. Right. You really ought to be swapping that thing out every every two three years. I know it costs money. Most of the time, you can call your network, your internet provider, and 
uh, oh yeah, we're actually issuing all new devices huh. to everyone. Now, now they don't tell you that right. until you complain about connection speeds or you're losing connectivity. Uh, and and oh yeah, by the way, because it costs some money, obviously. And, right. and if you're don't notice a slowdown and you're using obsolete tech, why should they replace it if you don't you know speak up? But um, but most of the time they're supplying it because it's it's also better for their own infrastructure. But you know, so people they're talking about all these other things. But I think that's one key thing that folks need to understand on the business side is that even if you're issuing these devices and VP, you're still relying on your employees' network connection, right? It's not something that you have that 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 full level of control over. So uh, small questions like that, even for folks that are touching more sensitive stuff. Uh, people in your accounting department, your legal department, you know, people touching personal information or banking data or things like that that have been forced to work from home, you know, short of giving them some sort of, uh, you know, uh, either a hotspot device, which is unfortunately mm. a bit slow in a lot of houses, you know, it's saying, hey, you know, do you have that? And the problem is a lot of this tech, just like, you know, uh, desktop cameras and all of that, a lot of it's back order right now because uh, right. you're not the only one thinking about it. But right. it, it's some, it's something that I just, you know, I think it was really, it's really astute that, that Adam, you know, pointed that out. But I really want to glob onto that because people think about updating their phones and their laptops. And again, unless they're a gamer or they're really dependent on lots of speed, like, you know, I we're a speed freak household. I've got two, you know, I got a teenager. I like to game. So yeah, I, I've got, you know, of course, but my, my router's four months old, but you know, my parents, I, I just had the conversation with them the other day. Well, I don't know, six years. I'm like, Oh, right. we, got, we got it. That we've got to get you a new one. Right. So uh, again, not to beat that horse to death. Uh, that's already you know, been dead for a week, but, but those are the things I think a, a lot of, you know, organizations are just now after they've had a, a, a breather starting to realize, uh, shoot, what are, where are some of these other holes? What should we really be thinking about? No, and, and guys, you know, the, when you say router to some people, they think that has something to do with cleaning your drains. <laughs> it, it, it's not. Yeah. It, it, then the, uh, the other point, too, is we, these there's so many security protocols built into these things that seem to, you know, every year it seems like, oh, that, the last one, oh, we broke that. You need the new one. Uh, you know, first it was web, and that, of course, is 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 bad then there was wpa the wpa2 and now wpa3 and you know that so yeah if you're not up to date then chances are you've you've got even if it's supposedly secure you're you're really not so that's a great point but but carrie that, that also brings us to another point too which is that's why it's so critical for people not only to make sure that their firmware and their software is updated regularly and whenever called for not when somebody sends you an email mm. and says click on this link mm -hmm. but and that w when it's appropriate to upgrade, you upgrade because sometimes if you don't upgrade, the version you're using ultimately stops being used and then you never get the uh, the notices or right. the automatic updates. And then lastly, which is so critical for everybody, back up your data mm. and uh, don't back it up on something that's running 24-7 on, online. Back it up to a device that's air-gapped or a, back it up into the cloud, but do not have some device that you connect somewhere that's running 24-7 because if malware and ultimately ransomware gets into your computer, it can crawl right into your backup. Right, yeah. So you could maybe hope that in times like these when it's a global crisis and people are really, really hurting, people are dying, you know, is there any honor among thieves? I, I I thought I read an article somewhere where some like one of the bigger hacking groups said, you know what, 
that somehow they published this. I don't know if they've got a PR agent or what, but they put out a notice saying, you know what, we're going to leave hospitals and whatever alone because, you know, we have, we're nice. <laughs> Did that happen? What are you, what are you seeing? Is anybody safe from hackers these days? No. Uh, I, no, I, I, I would, I would, yeah. Our echo is, is no. I, yeah, listen, I think organized groups that tend to, let's be honest, uh, you know, tend to, to be more hacktivists, uh, you know, have a bit more of a moral conscience uh, and tend to not really be the ones that are, uh, you know, heavily on the, the money side you know, can make those sorts of representations. But there's an infinite amount of lone wolf hackers out there that are looking for a payday that look at this as, again, more of an opportunity. Well, geez, if you really have a time that you really need to make sure that everything's running in a hospital, I guess this would be it. So they're going to be willing to pay up. So unfortunately, I, I wish I could rely on the moral compass of hackers, uh, I should say black hat hackers, because I don't I don't like the you know, negative connotation with hackers. Right. I don't think that's a, uh, that's actually accurate. But, you know, I'm a hacker in my own respect, too, if you take anything apart right. and try yeah, to put well, it, yeah. you know, so so but but I think those folks that are doing this for financial gain. It's also a lot easier for them to do it because there's also no. It's it's not a crime of of context. It's you're just a, a you know ones and zeros to them in some respects. So uh, I think it's a lot easier to to do that. So I, we haven't seen it. In fact, we've seen slight upticks, especially in ransomware, at least on businesses. Um, you know, maybe they're steering clear, and there's plenty of other businesses to hit. But um, but I don't think it's slowing down. Again, I think some of the general uh, groups where there's a bit of pride and you know, I guess some honor among thieves, as you said, they might be refocusing their efforts, but yeah, there's always going to be opportunists that are going to say, well, geez, no one's going, now I can get in. My opening is <laughs> but here. I, no, but, you know. you know, Eddie, if I can jump in. Also, the, the re- think of it as a hospital is nothing more than one massive Internet of Things device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so think about it. And, and many of them are not necessarily so new. And on top of which, you're in an environment now where if you're going to do ransomware, you want to you want to go someplace where, you know, the old line is it's not about what your data is worth on the open market on the dark web. It's what's your data worth to you. And without question to a medical facility, data is everything. It's life and death. Sure. So what are you telling your customers? Obviously, they're they're sweating this out. They're they're having these problems that we've been talking about. What what is what are your some of your recommendations to customers on how to avoid some of these scams? What are some of your top tips? Well, let me take it from the consumer side and Eddie works businesses. So, you know, first of all, you go back to what I've been talking about, and it applies to both consumers and businesses. It's the three M's. How do you minimize your risk of exposure, reduce your attackable surface when you have 20 billion Internet of Things devices (laughs) and growing? That's a real number. So password protocols, password managers using two-factor authentication, which is critical because that means it's not only a password, but there has to be some second form of authentication for anyone to be able to continue to your account. Not bulletproof because we have seen situations where people have had done SIM swapping or stolen uh, cellular numbers, ported them over, and so the consumer never gets the second, the second uh, factor. Uh, critical, you just don't click on links or open an attachment that you think are coming from anywhere, uh, because this is where you can open yourself up to a just total world of hurt. So you really should go, if it's news, go to a news source that you trust. Uh, if it has to do with financial or anything else, whether banks or healthcare, go to the site directly. 
Uh, if it's a site that you routinely go to, click on favorites so it's there, so mm-hmm. you're less likely to type in the wrong URL. Right. You've got to secure your mobile devices. You've got to make sure your software or firmware is updated. Your data is backed up. Do not do sensitive transactions on public Wi-Fi. Change your passwords on all Internet uh, of Things devices and routers. Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. not, under any circumstances, download the newest, coolest, wildest, funnest app. Uh, <laughs> unless it comes from a legitimate app store, and even then, there have been some issues, so you got to read reviews. Mm. Also, at this particular time, if people were ever on social media before, boy, are they on social media now. Oh, yeah. And they have a, they have a tendency to share everything about <laughs> lives, which only gives hackers and scammers and identity thieves greater points of reference. So therefore, especially when you're setting up new accounts on anything, uh, and you're doing security questions and answers, got to lie like a superhero. Yep. Yep. Uh, and also freeze your credit. Freeze your credit. Mm-hmm. The, the second M, uh, how do you monitor effectively? Well, as a consumer, look at your credit reports. Look at your scores. Did the score take a sudden precipitous drop? Is there something on your credit report that doesn't look right? Yeah. Are you at any time in your life monitoring transactions? You can get it for free from your financial services organizations and your credit card companies where it notifies you anytime there's activity in your account. Also, when you get an explanation of benefit statement, especially because it's healthcare, especially now, read it and make sure you were the one that was actually there, even though someone using your name might have been there. Also consider more sophisticated forms of identity monitoring programs and then manage the damage. And a lot of People don't realize that your insurance company, your financial services organization, more credit unions than banks per se, or your employer, they have programs that can assist you, that can help you through identity incidents. And in Mm. some cases, depending upon the institution, it may be free or deeply discounted as a perk of your relationship. So call your insurance agent your bank services rep, your HR department, ask them if they have a program, ask if you're in it, find out what you need to do to get in it, and then it may be free. And even if it isn't free, it could well be one of the best investments that you ever made. So Eddie, now to businesses, you're on. I'm on. So I I don't have quite the same litany, but I I think there's a few really key things you need to be honing in on. First, uh, and Adam already said it, you know, this is is really the worst time to be uh, adopting a BYOD or bring your own device policy, right? Um, Mm. Sounds silly because we're all working from home and we're comfortable. But, you know, the reality is that, um, you know, you really, you know, organizations, they need to, you know, look at this either as an opportunity to update their equipment or whatever, but but they need to be issuing the the equipment to employees if they're expected mm. uh, to work from home for extended periods, or if they're, you know, planning long term with the potential possibility that right. there might be a repeat of this come wintertime. I mean, you have large organizations uh, like Google and Facebook and Apple that have a lot of access to a lot of data right. that are saying, you know what. Mm, we're not sending our employees back until 2021, (laughs) you know, because there, I think there's awareness. So I I think it's really important that if you haven't because of the rush, because of the, the buyout and all that, uh, it now is time to start considering that. I think company issued equipment allows you to manage it. uh, And that really leads to the next thing. And that, that is, 
you know, making sure that you're also providing VPN or some sort of managed connectivity, right? It's not mm -hmm. all VPNs now. I've, I've got uh, plenty of folks in, in IT and InfoSec that are uh, essentially, you know, setting up systems so they're almost like dummy terminals. And there are lots of different ways you can manage this now that makes it easier uh, on IT. But VPN is, you know, the standard. It's fairly easy. There's a lot of uh, good commercial solutions out there that don't break the bank. I, I'm not a big fan of free VPNs mm -hmm. just because you, you're nothing in this world is free. As I explain right. to my kids all the time, you're, you're paying with data or other things like that. But there's there's plenty of solutions out there that, again, are, are not going to break the bank are going to let you maintain that control. Um, it's one little step that you take first thing in the morning with a, a you know, a lot I, for me, I, I, you know, whenever I'm logging on, it's on my phone to do a two factor authentication, get set up super easy. And then, and that leads to the second thing, which, or sorry, the third thing, which is um, you really need to be cognizant of making sure that again, because it's now company issued equipment, you set this up to be able to force updates and to force, you know, patch management mm -hmm. and things like that, because, you know, that's the other thing. Folks aren't coming into the office. You're not plugging into that that network, and IT's not there to make sure and and come bug you that hey, we've been giving you a you know you're getting a pop up on your on your laptop for the last two weeks about updating your OS. Could you do it right? <laughs> so so you know you need to start th you know organizations uh, really need to start thinking about okay how do we manage that because you know that's great we get them a company this equipment and they got a VPN but you know if their OS or the latest version of Zoom or any of that is not up to date. You know, it doesn't matter what antivirus or firewall. That's where you know that's you're going to have some of those issues. I'm not talking zero day exploits. I'm talking about the stuff that. Yep, there's a there's a new update. Make sure it gets taken care of. And and the thing is, by kind of forcing that or having, you know, applications in place, you know, at an institutional level that let you push that without making people have to click on it, because uh, we know that we know that in, instinct most workers. I'm really busy. Right, I get right. that pop up. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, tonight, tonight, and then right, I do right, tomorrow. Yeah. tonight, 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 tonight becomes a month, right? And so <sighs> forcing it and making sure that that it's being done in off times or, or educating, you know, your employees around the importance of that, I think is a key part. And that, that really leads to, you know, one of the final things. And again, this is for all businesses. Every business is different, but these are the key things I'm keying in on. The other one is just building up training and awareness. Hmm. We know that everyone's not a, 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 you know, an infosec shop. That was one of the first things we did when we had to move everyone uh you know, uh, kind of proactively back in March is put together and record a general training on, on best practices to refresh because organizations should have some form of training annually yeah, anyways, yeah. or for new hires. So it was a refresh, but it was a little bit more on here's some of the things that, that you need to look out for. And, and it's, it's those little tips. Like, again, we've already alluded to, you know, your kids shouldn't be working using your your you know your work devices that were issued you know for company work. My kids are they know they won't touch my laptop with a ten, pit, ten foot pole or my work phone, you know. And and yeah, they have their own devices now, but they they haven't always. So, but I think those are really important. And training awareness just around best practices, uh, around the tools that you might be using, around the importance of making sure if you don't have automated ways of updating systems, but just bringing that awareness level up. And, and there are plenty of third-party sources that you can go to if mm. you're a small to mid-sized business, you know, uh, that are out there. Um, I mean, from our own website to, to plenty of other organizations, I urge you to check your own insurance company's website. They're putting out a ton of good info on here, even your commercial carriers as well, uh, on best practices, on tips. And, and a lot of that's being promulgated by organizations like us by the federal government, by, by other, you know, folks that are in the same space that are, you know, doing good work. And, and I think it's really, really important 
again, if you haven't built it internally to at least leverage it or get folks to kind of do the best they can to bring up educate. We're not talking about training your staff how, how to, you know, set up, you know, complex networks or anything. Right. It's just, hey, you know, this is the importance of making sure that you're you're running some basic Wi-Fi security, right? And not an open network, you know, little things like that or, you know, so so I, I think those are the key. And, and awareness is, is also, hey, we're going to have to see a lot of phishing campaigns. Don't click on anything. If you have a question, pick up the phone or get on Zoom yeah, or right. Teams and just reach out and say, hey, did you send me this email? It's a right. weird request because there's a, that's the other thing. A huge risk that start that we we are seeing it's diminishing a little bit because a lot of equipment's been purchased, but uh, it was electronic funds transfer fraud, you mm. know, back in March and April because you had a lot of companies saying, like ours, you know, we need a hundred or a thousand laptops. <laughs> uh, we're going to do a wire transfer, right? Mm. Very easy to if you you know have someone intercepting that. Hey, yeah. oh, we have a new account. Send it over here instead. And now that money's in Russia or China and never to be seen again. So. Uh, but again, bringing up awareness to your your staff, not just on the highly technical things, but listen, you know, we're all working from home. If you have a question, call IT. Don't just click, you know, and and create it. Really trying to, even though it's remote culture, to foster and create a culture of reporting and you know, sort of, you know, if you see something, speak up kind of mindset. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I, I genuinely believe that your employees can be your best allies, you know, in, in being your early warning system. If you have a culture that allows them to speak up, to ask that CEO, did you really want me to transfer that money to that account right. via email? Like pick up the phone and call them and don't be the CEO who says, of course I did. Why the heck have you done it yesterday? Say, right. oh my gosh, thank you so much for checking. Uh, but yes, I need you to do it. So, so again, for pretty basic stuff, but this applies whether you're, you know, um, your General Motors, you're a small dental practice, or, you know, who's starting to, to, you know, get back online or a medical practice who's doing, you know, uh, medical, uh, you know, consults via video or things like that. Like these are the basics that everybody from a small at home business that's permanently at home now to, you know, other entities can, can really adopt for their work at home and, uh, you know, uh, uh, team. Well, no, and it is building a culture of privacy and security from the the mail room to the boardroom, and these days from your employee's living room to their office in their home. Right, yeah. Uh, and everybody's got to feel a stake uh, in uh, the privacy and security of the organization. And it, this is this has got to be uh, both top-down and bottom-up. Yep, I absolutely agree. Those are some great uh, great tips. Thank you. And it's, uh, it's actually a great segue into, I want to now start talking about some privacy issues because while I understand the the corporate need for, you know, protecting intellectual property and things like that, uh, I've read a lot of very disturbing articles about companies and schools for that matter that are not used to having remote people and uh, the, the they have resorted to some pretty nasty surveillance uh, of their employees and students uh, you know, make sure that there's always a video camera on them while they're, say, some of them are recording videos while they're working uh, or while they're taking a test or things like that. Let's shift to privacy a little bit. What kind of things are you seeing now with regard to uh, like companies surveilling their employees and students? And leaving on that little tease, we will come back next week and we'll talk about more of the privacy angles to this. And there's some really interesting ones, especially in the COVID era, you know, with employers wanting to basically spy on their employees because they're not used to them not being in the office and not being able to see them. So 
Anyway, we're going to talk about that next week uh, when we return for part two with our interview with Adam Levin and Edward Goodman. And a lot more great information from these guys and some really interesting stories from people that are on the front lines of this, uh, dealing with this every day. And with the COVID-19 stuff, there's some really interesting privacy angles too. So you definitely want to tune in next week for that. Uh, if you haven't already, of course, go and subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll get it automatically. And as always, while you're there, I would really, really love uh, if you could throw some uh, throw some stars out there for me. Put some reviews down on the podcast. Those really, really help. In other news, I have finished the first draft of the fourth edition of my book. That is a huge, huge milestone. At this point, we're kind of doing some editorial review stuff and some minor tweaks. And I want to wait for Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference next week so I can make sure that I you know, get a preview of what's going to be in iOS 14 and whatever their next Mac OS is going to be. So I can try to sneak some of that into the book too before it goes to publishing. If you want to follow uh, follow along, I'm uh, sign up at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, and you can search on Firewalls Don't Stop Dragons if you sign up at the right level. Uh, I'm kind of giving some background info, some behind-the-scenes stuff on how the, how it's what it's like to publish a book uh, with a publisher. There's really a lot more to it than you probably think. It's uh, Hopefully my uh, patrons are finding that interesting. And if you, uh, if you get in there and sign up at the right level, you'll even get a signed copy of the book when it comes out. I will probably also you know, maybe do some sort of a contest or something to either give away some copies of the books, perhaps some signed copies of the book. So stay, uh, stay tuned for that. Again, remember to check out that humble bundle uh, that, that from A-Press that includes my book. Share that up with your friends on social media. It's a really great way to get my book and a whole bunch of other ones for a super cheap price. And I think that lasts through the end of the month at least. So you've got, uh, you've got at least a couple of weeks. And that'll do it for this week, folks. We'll tune in next week for part two of our interview uh, with these wonderful gentlemen from CyberScout. And until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and don't get caught with your drawbridge down.